This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash trekgeeks. And you'll find over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any MP3 player. Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order. Biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. This is Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. And joining me now, as he does every week at this time, you can have his Klingon disruptor when you can pry it from his cold, dead fingers. He's the resolute and honorable Dan Davidson. Dan Kapla. I'll never give it up. That's, That's all, all I got? got? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> glad Carry you, on. Glad you're bringing so much to the table, buddy. Welcome aboard. Thank you for having me. That's I a, feel honored to be here. It's quite a momentous week in Star Trek history. Wouldn't you agree, my friend? It is definitely going to be. I will say that. <laughs> well, as everyone knows, there was some, some news announced this week with regard to Star Trek and episodic Star Trek in particular. We're going to spend a great deal of time talking about that today, aren't we, Dan? We are. we got a lot of things to talk about in regards to that. Um, but as usual, we like to open with a little bit of Star Trek news here and there. Um, let's start it off with that to uh, get the ball rolling, well, to get wh- the phaser charged. Whoa. Hey, to now. get the warp core in alignment, so to speak. Wow. Shields up. All right. Um, we have a Renegades update, uh, don't we, Bill? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, they're, as you know, their Kickstarter um, started, I think, last week as of uh, November 4th, which is today as we record this. They have 28 days to go, and they've already been able to raise $139,000 plus, which is uh, actually really respectable. I, I think they're doing pretty well so far, only a few days into their campaign. I know they launched a little early. Um, to get some yep. of their previous donors to, to kick in some cash. But it looks like uh, they're well on their way. I don't know their goal off the top of my head. Um, but $139,000 is a respectable amount of money. So we wish them well in that regard. And surprisingly, you will be stunned to know this. Stunned and shocked and horrified. There were no big-name signings to the Renegades cast this week. Come on, man. I know. I know. Really? Yeah. 
That's that is a shocker. You would expect I would expect, you know, Shatner to be signed on by this point. At this rate, who knows? <laughs> in all seriousness, though, it, in all seriousness, though, as I clear my grammar, um, I was very surprised to see that number. And after just a few days, that's really a re- really respectable number. And I think it does have to do primarily with a lot of the big name signings uh, and possibly the new writing staff that's come on. I think so too. I think it, it gives people a sense of hope. Um, and I, I, here, here's, here's hoping that it all works out for them. I hope they produce a product that is great. We'll talk about the potential ramifications for independently produced Trek a little later in the show, possibly. Mm-hmm. But Dan, it looks like there's another project that made an announcement this week, didn't they? Yeah, um, one of the names that we have not seen signed on for Renegades, but we have seen signed on somewhere else, is uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher herself, Gates McFadden. Uh, we saw this week that she has signed on to be in a Star Trek fan production called Star Trek Progeny. Uh, I saw it on Twitter earlier this week, so I'm like, oh, I haven't heard about this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out. So I was looking at it. I went to their website, which is Star Trek Progeny.org. And she has signed on to be in this project, which is basically what it is about is everybody remembers the episode of the original series, Bread and Circuses, where uh, Kirk and crew visited Magna Carta um, and was seduced. He was seduced at one point during the episode by a slave by I believe her name was Drusilla. Turns out that he has a child based on what happened that night, and that child's child is the – Progeny. She is the main character in this fan production. Her name is Livia, and Gates McFadden has signed on to play a role in this. Okay. I. It's not <laughs> April 1st, right? It is not April 1st. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of this information. I mean, we try to keep news fairly straightforward, you know, mm-hmm. with not a lot of editorial comment, but... I am truly sitting here scratching my head as to how that story works or uh, – uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I really am. I am too. We uh, – one of the things when we had Vic Mignogna on and we were talking about Kirk and the reputation that he has as a ladies' man and how he doesn't really like that, if this is what is could possibly come out of original series episodes based on what we saw in the 60s with Kirk and being a ladies' man, especially in season three. There's going to be about 30 or 40 more of these fan productions where Kirk's got a kid from somewhere. No, just 30 or 40 episodes of Star Trek progeny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what this raises. There is going to be a fundraiser if it hasn't started already. I don't believe it has. Um, but uh, I don't know if there's going to be actually a fundraiser for this. I believe there is. I don't think it's started yet. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see uh, what comes of this. It, it's it, I'm scratching my head just like you are, man. Well, as we learn more details, we certainly will pass them along. I know that uh, Captain Pike has also started its Indiegogo campaign. Mm-hmm. I um, I don't know that they're very far into it. I think maybe they've raised, as of this recording, maybe 13000 with probably almost as much time to go as Renegades. So it'll be interesting to see where that comes. They're doing a lot of green screen work, it seems, and they do have a couple of trailers up. So perhaps we'll um, we'll dump those in the show notes for this week. Sure. Dan, Dan, there also were a couple of notable passings in the Trek world within the last couple of weeks, weren't there? 
Yeah, they were. And it's always sad when you're coming up on the 50th anniversary, you're going to have people that were involved in the original series, unfortunately, uh, passing on. One of those was actually from a few weeks ago. Uh, we haven't had the opportunity yet to mention it, that uh, Bruce Hyde, who played uh, Kevin Riley in the original series, passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was only in a couple of episodes, but he was awesome in every scene that he did. Um condolences to his family, his friends, and, and to us, the fans, because that's, that's a big loss for someone who played a small role. It really, I think, I think he's one of those people that stood out in the original series. I agree entirely. You know, I would see Bruce Hyde at conventions and he fans love to talk to him. He loved to interact with fans. You know, everybody remembers him singing, I'll take you home again, Kathleen. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure he's probably heard that song a million times. <laughs> You know, if he's if he'd heard it once, but uh, he'll he's definitely a character and a and a man that will be missed. Yeah, absolutely. And behind the camera, um, just a couple of days ago, we got word that visual effects pioneer Howard Anderson passed away, uh, ninety five years old, uh, and he's responsible for a lot of Star Trek's original special effects, such as the Enterprise traveling through space, uh, and the big one that we all know of is he was the one who created the transporter effect from the original series. Wow. I don't, you know, I did not know that. Yep. Um, I didn't know it either until I read it today. I do remember reading at some point in the past that the actual effect is of shimmering water. Um, uh, but he was able to do it in a way that it became pretty, uh, pretty standard for a lot of Trek's transporters in the future, even though there's a little difference with just about every one. You know, Matt Jeffries gets a lot of credit and deservedly so for the, the ship and the environment he designed Howard Anderson's name should be right up there along with his for, you know, creating something that seemed real and tangible, you mm -hmm. know, those shots of the enterprise flying through space, especially like in the opening credits. Yes, they are iconic and his work has lasted down nearly 50 years. And, and he certainly, he really was a visual effects pioneer. That's for sure. He was. And one of the things that I also found interesting is I don't have a long list, but I know that he was also responsible. You mentioned the opening sequence of Star Trek. He was responsible for a lot of opening sequences on other shows, particularly the Brady Bunch. He designed the opening uh, special effects, so to speak, or the titling for that show as well, as well as a lot of others. I had no idea. Wow, that's that's remarkable. Well, uh, I am a plethora of information here on the Trek Geeks podcast, Bill. Mr. Anderson was 95 years old, and clearly it was a life well-lived. So, Absolutely, um, yep. You know, all the condolences to his family, and um, we move along. Yeah, it's sad that it seems, like I said, we're, we're tending to do this a little bit more than we would like lately with uh, how many years has been since the original series. 49, and, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that, that probably is going to keep occurring it's probably a, a good time to, to take stock and remind ourselves, you know, what these people created and why we love it so much, I think. So, Dan, there was some huge news this week, probably the biggest news we've had in about a decade right. since Enterprise was canceled with regard to episodic Star Trek. Monday, um, November 2nd, 2015, mm -hmm. was really just another day, wasn't it? It was. Um, before we get into the details, I got to say, they kept this under their hat pretty well because we didn't really catch anything about it prior to Monday morning. 
Um, another Monday at work, you know, you're going through your stuff, you're getting your coffee, you might want to check Facebook, see what's going on. I was reading some posts. I was on one of our favorite posts for the uh, uh, convention in Vegas, and our favorite Coloradan Heather posted something about a possible Star Trek show announcement, but there was nothing confirmed and really didn't give much detail. And I didn't really think much of it because we tend to see that all the time. But about 20 minutes later, the internet just blew up with the official announcement uh, from CBS. And it was fir- – I first saw it when I clicked uh, on a link for the official StarTrek.com website. What did it say? <laughs> well, I first saw it because TrekNews.net had picked it up almost instantly. Um, those guys are on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's probably a good time right now to, to check point and talk about what we know, what was in the release. Yeah. So first up is that there is going to be an episodic Star Trek series. It will first premiere to a national CBS audience and then, quote, boldly go where no first-run Star Trek series has gone before, directly to its millions of fans through CBS All Access. So they're talking about, you know, a special, quote, special preview broadcast. And at this time, we don't know if that's the full pilot or not. It could be a portion. It could be the entire episode. But what's important to note is after that, all first-run episodes of the series will immediately move to the subscription-based CBS All Access, which is an on-demand video service, for $5.99 per month in the United States. Mm-hmm. Specifically, this will be the very first original series produced for that platform. So CBS now is looking to compete with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. International fans will still be able to watch the series concurrently. So at the same time that we're able to watch it in America, they are going to set up international distribution, although the press release did not detail what that looked like at this time. The executive producers will be Alex Kurtzman, who worked on both Star Trek 2009 as well as Star Trek Into Darkness, and Heather Caden, who works with Alex Kurtzman on such shows as Scorpion and uh, Sleepy Hollow and now Limitless, the uh, the television adaptation of the, the film uh, that Bradley Cooper was in. Also, according to the press release, the brand new Star Trek will introduce new characters seeking imaginative new worlds and new civilizations while exploring the dramatic contemporary themes that have been a signature of the franchise since its inception in 1966. And I think that that phrase in particular is very key. The press release goes on to note at the end that the new series is not related to the upcoming feature film Star Trek Beyond, which is scheduled to be distributed by Paramount Pictures in summer 2016. So, Dan, that's a lot to parse through, wouldn't you say? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it it is a lot to it is a lot to uh, to go through. It's a lot to digest. It's a lot to think about. Um it's very, very exciting. You said it at the beginning. We've been waiting for something like this for over a decade now. Enterprise has been done for a decade. So we haven't had any television Star Trek for that long. Right. And that's, I think, where it belongs um, for the most part. So this was something that was a complete surprise and shock. Um, but for me, it was a very positive one. Oh, I, I agree entirely. You know, nobody – in the fandom or in the general, you know, consensus of fandom knew this was coming. I know there were some people who kind of had an inkling and had to keep it under their belts. And that's, that's completely fine. But I think that there's a lot 
in this announcement to be excited about. Um, I right off the bat, I mean, we're getting a Star Trek series. Come yeah, on, I, I mean, we'll get into other things later, but yeah, it's what we've been begging for forever, it seems. Um, and we're finally getting the answer to that prayer, so to speak. Um, there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, there's a, I mean, pretty much everything is unknown right now. Um, but I don't really care that it's unknown. We got what we wanted. We got the announcement we've been waiting for. And that's what's important to me right now. Well, and truthfully, this is a press release. I mean, it's not supposed to give us all the detail. It's supposed to essentially announce what's going to happen and and the fact that there's a series coming. So I'm sure that Alex Kurtzman and Heather Caden are, are probably putting together their concept. Clearly, there must be some idea already mm-hmm. or else there would not be an announcement, nor would they name the executive producers. That's my exact feeling. Yep, uh, absolutely. So we have this announcement of, hey, guess what we're doing? There's a lot of, like I said a minute ago, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. One thing that's interesting in this press release that I took from it was they made it very clear at the end of the press release that it is not related to the upcoming Star Trek Beyond, but that it doesn't say that it is not going to take place in possibly what we term the JJ verse. So is it going to be in Star Trek Prime universe? Is it going to be in the JJ verse? Is it going to be in another universe? Mirror universe? Oh my God, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> or as, as you pointed out to me in discussion, is it going to be another quote unquote reboot sort of along the lines of Battlestar Galactica? I, I think that it, it could indeed be a, a complete retelling. I think that would be interesting. But if it's not related to Star Trek Beyond, then <laughs> that tells me maybe there's no Kirk, Spock, or Bones. Because mm-hmm. you know, we don't know if, if that's what it means at this point. Right. Is it not related because it takes place in another universe, maybe the Prime universe? Yep. Is it not related because it's a completely different ship in the JJ-verse? Or is it not related because it's a completely different ship somewhere else? There's so many questions. There's, there's, not, there's no cast info. The, one thing that I, uh, the other thing that I did take of it is they said it will introduce new characters. So that kind of makes me think that it's not going to have people that we're familiar with, whether it's Kirk, Spock, Bones, Picard, Riker, any of the, any of the cast from any of the spinoffs. But still – they they haven't given us anything to really sink our teeth into, well, which makes it kind of enticingly uh, um, mysterious, I guess is the best way to, to say it for me. No, I agree with you. And and honestly, I mean, it's a, it's a stock press release from a television network. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not supposed to give us detail because I'm sure it doesn't exist yet. You know, it doesn't even tell us how long a season. Right. You know, so like we have no right. idea how many episodes. Is it 13? Is it 20? Is it 22? Is it six like the X-Files is going to do on Fox this winter? God, I hope not. You know, or is it going to pull the Netflix model and will it drop all of the episodes at once for binge watching like, say, House of Cards does? Or will it deliver them weekly like Hulu has started to do with some of their new content? What would you like to see in regards to that? That's a very interesting interesting point about this is – do we want to have them all dropped at once and we binge watch and then we don't have anything forever how long? Or do we want that weekly and then maybe even at the end of the season, a best of both worlds cliffhanger type situation? 
here's my feeling on this. And this is just, I'm only speaking for me. I don't know if this is what they're going to do or not. But for me, I would rather have weekly installments. And I almost think that Les Moonves, president of CBS, kind of wants weekly installments too. Because if there's one thing that Les Moonves loves, it's, you know, CBS's money-making capability. And if I drop all 13 or 20 or 22 episodes at once, somebody can binge watch them in a month because you get your first month with CBS All Access for free, and then they Mm -hmm. start billing you. So if you're dropping four episodes a month, you know, one weekly, you know, they're earning their $5.99. So I I almost kind of want it weekly because that's how I'm used to consuming Star Trek. I agree. I am uh, I am along that line as well. I want to see it weekly. It's a brilliant marketing move when you think of it, of how to make money with this CBS All Access. If you have it weekly, then yeah, you're going to be watching for four months or however long the season's going to be, which is one of the reasons why I hope it's not a la X-Files and only having six episodes like they're doing on Fox. But having that week to week Hey, this is what I'm going to be doing this night. It's Star Trek night, something along those lines. I mean, we do it now with other shows when Star Trek's not on the air. So why not continue it with a way that we can do it with CBS All Access? I'm all for the weekly. I think it's a good idea if that's how they're going to do it. I think so, too. The other thing I'm really interested in is to know the filming location. So Star Trek Beyond just finished wrapping in Vancouver. And allegedly it was produced up there because it's cheaper to make movies up there. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Great. All for it. It's the first Star Trek produced outside the United States primarily, or shot outside the United States. Will this series film in Vancouver, or will it film in Los Angeles? You know, do they take that into consideration because this is a platform for which it's cheaper to produce, theoretically? Are Mm -hmm. they going to take advantage of that and base it out of Canada? Who knows? Sure. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm not as as concerned about that aspect of it unless – the savings by filming in Canada is so great that they'll be able to use that savings to better post-production, better special right. effects and stuff like that. And that's another thing I'm curious of is who's going to be doing you know, the visual effects in post. Right. Yep. Because we've It'll seen be some great visual effects in independent productions. Yep. And we've seen some terrible visual effects in things produced by studios, like say right. on the sci-fi channel. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of questions to be answered, I think. Oh, t- uh, tons of questions. But you wouldn't know that, but what people are saying uh, uh, on the intranets, so to speak, would you, Bill? No, you really wouldn't. And we're going to get into some of that right after this quick break. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to listeners of the Trek Geeks podcast so you can check out their service. You can select your free audiobook from over 150,000 titles in Audible's library. And if you're interested in Star Trek titles, you might even check out one of these currently available on audible.com. Imzadi, Spectre, The Return, Sarek, and my favorite, The Eugenics Wars, The Rise and Fall of Khan Noonien Singh. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash trekgeeks. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekgeeks for your free audiobook. And we would like to thank audible.com for sponsoring our episode. So, Dan, let's talk about what this all means and our reactions and, and what we think we'd like to see going forward. So what are you looking forward to the most with the prospect of an online subscription Star Trek? 
I'm looking forward to see the spike in subscriptions for CBX All Access because it's not really good that that I know of right now. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that when that launches, it's no matter what people say right now, people are going to pay for this. I, ha- I ha- um, oh, sorry. let me let me. I'm sorry to interrupt. Let me, I'm sorry to, to keep going. Let me let me put it in a way that maybe is better understanding. Game of Thrones is probably one of the most popular television series ever right now, at least right now in history. Unless you're pirating it, you are paying for that somehow to watch it. And I don't hear everybody bitching about it like we're hearing about it right now. And I got to say, some of the unbelievably petty comments that I have been reading online since this announcement from supposed Trek fans, all I got to say, what the fuck, man? I got to say that. We know nothing about this show at all, and the vitriol that is being posted is unbelievable. It's a, it, it really is. I mean, some people calling others, you know, or, or saying that others aren't real fans, yeah, because they're excited for this. You know, people already putting down the the notion or that it's going to be online. You know, I can understand that people aren't exactly thrilled to pay to watch. But it's like mm-hmm. you said, they're doing it now. Even if you're just watching over the air television on cable, you're paying for that. Unless yeah. you have an antenna on your house and are having the signal piped into your home, like I do, then you are paying for that content. It's plain and simple. However, if you add up all the Kickstarters that some people have donated to, this is an amount that's not far off to, than donating to one of those projects. I mean, if you subscribe to All Access for a full year, so 12 months, that's just under 72 bucks a year or 20 cents a day. 20 cents a day to get brand new Star Trek. I'm not going to do the math right now, but what is that going to be? Let's say there's 22 episodes and you're paying $6.99 a month. So let's say there's 22 episodes over the course of, that would be what? Almost five months. So that's $6 times five. You're paying $30. uh, Six times five. Do my math. What's my math? My wife is a math wizard, so. 30. Yes, 30. Thank you, hon. Um, so you're spending $30 to watch a season of Star Trek. What is the big deal? And you get all the other CBS shows. Hey, yeah, <laughs> right? What is the big deal? I don't understand this. I don't, I just don't get it. No, I, I truly don't get it either. Um, it, it's what we've wanted for a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's so quick to state why they won't watch it or why it's going to be terrible. And no one has any more information to know that's factual. And yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, and it reminds me exactly of when Star Trek The Next Generation was announced in 1986. You know, right. People, we, we talked about that just the other day and what our what our thoughts were and what other people were saying. Yeah. You know, people were, were quick to say that, you know, TNG sucks and it hadn't even been on yet or syndication because it was released a first run syndication and not to, to network television. That model's never going to work. And if it doesn't have Kirk and Spock, well, then it doesn't have me. And yeah. Star Trek The Next Generation changed how shows are distributed. You know, and then you look at Voyager, which launched a television network. Yeah, UPN. 19, yeah, UPN. And you figure Star Trek Phase 2 was supposed to launch a network. And that took 20 years. Until Voyager finally did it. So Star Trek has always been used as a cornerstone by CBS. So, you know, everybody's watching things online. Everybody's watching things on their mobile devices. 
you know, cable television and broadcast TV, you know, they may or may not be dying, but their viewership numbers are certainly down. CBS is distributing content the way people are consuming it. Mm-hmm. And if we're paying for it, that's really not the worst thing in the world, I don't think. Right. And you can't blame the corporation for wanting to follow that successful model, as we mentioned a minute ago, like Game of Thrones, or what are some of the other series on Showtime, the, uh, what is it, uh, Broadway Empire, something like that. Those shows, you have to pay for to watch. It's a successful model. Why are we saying that CBS is, is so evil for doing something that other networks are doing and are being successful at it? Well, and even take something along the lines of House of Cards on Netflix. You know, people are paying to watch House of Cards because it is yep. superior content. It's yep. a fantastic drama that people can't get enough of. They'll watch all 13 episodes in a couple of days and then wait a year for more content. Right. And in the meantime, they're still subscribing to Netflix. Yep. So CBS is counting on some of that to come their way. I, I think that's a, a prudent business model, and I think it makes sense. I think it does too. Very much so. Um, one of the other things that um, I wanted to say about what I've been reading this week, and as you can tell, I'm very disappointed in in, in Star Trek fans that have been the way that they have been that I've seen this week. Um, it really is disappointing that something that we love so much can cause some people to be so evil towards other people, as a matter of fact. I've seen a lot of condescension and stuff like that in comments that I've read, which makes me wonder why I read social media as much as I do. But um, a lot of the complaints are about Alex Kurtzman being involved in this because he was, quote-unquote, involved with the J.J. movies, something that causes great debate with, with Star Trek fans. I don't need to be told that I'm not a real Star Trek fan if I like the J.J. movies. I like the J.J. movies. I like everything about everything of Star Trek. There are some things that I found that were maybe incorrect, um, but it's still enjoyable Star Trek science fiction to me. And just because somebody who's been involved with a project that other people don't like doesn't necessarily mean that the new project is going to suck. I just don't understand that logic, so to speak. Well, and, and people are also making the leap that Roberto Orsi is also going to be involved because Kurtzman is and because they've mm-hmm. worked together. Well, you know, they're not. <laughs> Not in this case, and not in a couple of Kurtzman's other projects. You know, Orsi's not involved. J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot are not involved. This is all done under Kurtzman's secret hideout production company. And, you know, if you look at some of the work he's done on TV, some of it's been really great. You know, for people who watched Fringe, that whole first season has his, his thumbprint all over it. Yep. You know, Sleepy Hollow has gotten great reviews and is widely acclaimed. It's and it's fantastic. I watch it my wife and I watch it religiously. It's a great show and it 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 has potential for continuing along as being a great show. There's a couple others too, I think though. Yeah, there's Scorpion, which yep. he and Heather Caden are both involved with. And like I said, there's the there's the adaptation of Limitless, which they're both doing. Mm-hmm. The guy is is heavily involved. Well, and plus he's also co producer of Hawaii five O, the reboot there. Okay. On CBS. So it's not like he's, you know, not used to working without a net. And odds are he's not going to be the showrunner anyway. He's going to hire somebody to do that. Right. And we have no idea who that person is. (laughs) Isn't it amazing that we keep coming back to that same phrase? We don't know. Everything about this, other than the fact that he's the executive producer, we don't know what's going to happen. 
So why are we getting the reaction that we're getting? You know, it's I I just I shake my head because we're essentially getting a clean slate with this series. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. It could be it could pick up after Enterprise. It could be Prime. It could be reboot. But we're getting what we wanted, and and people are unhappy that it's not free. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. You can wait till it comes out on DVD. Yeah. You and can, then you're going to pay for the DVDs, or you can rent them from Netflix or or whatever. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the press release did say first run episodes will be on CBS All Access. Yeah. We don't know if there'll be distribution beyond that for True. second run. Obviously, yeah. the episodes will still be on CBS All Access 24-7. But who knows what will creep in down the line. But again, we just don't know. Right. And I think I think everybody needs to be a little bit less – I don't even know the word to use. Um, why don't, let's wait a little while. I mean, we see a first teaser trailer for a movie. And we don't all of a sudden say how much that movie is going to suck based on the 20 seconds that we see of a potential blockbuster. Let's wait to see what's going to come out. Let's let some more press releases come along down the road before we decide to say that this is going to be something not worth anybody's time or money. Um, I can't wait to hear the next press release and then the next one after that and who's going to be in it and what universe it's going to be in. One of the things I was thinking of the other day was we had the time between – our reality and TOS, which got filled with Enterprise. Then we had the original series, and then we had what seventy six years between the original series and the Next Generation. Yeah, what happened in there? That's a possibility. There are countless possibilities, and we need to wait to see what it's going to be before we jump off the cliff and saying how bad it's going to be. Come on, people! <laughs> That's not exactly infinite diversity, is it? <laughs> Well, the Vulcans were cruel and mean and arrogant in the Enterprise timeline, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. We know. Uh, I, I would. I was. I was fit to be tied reading this week over the last couple of days reading everything. I've actually tried to stop because it just it just pisses me off so much. Yeah, we we spend money on conventions. We spend money on memorabilia. We spend money on on toys and collectibles and autographs and. And DVD sets and Blu-ray sets and, you know, remastered DVD sets and remastered Blu-rays and all kinds of things, books and comics and, and, uh, and all kinds of things with regard to Star Trek. And we've never once, other than going to the movies, had to pay for it. Well, you know, I'm okay with that because yep. if it means I'm going to get content when I want it and potentially really good content, then that's worth it to me. You know, I, yep. I'm i one of those people who've cut the cord when it comes to cable, and I didn't look back. So, I mean, I subscribe to Hulu. I subscribe to Netflix. I mean, I have Amazon Prime, but that pays for itself with all the Christmas shopping my wife and I do online to avoid going to the mall. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and this is just one more thing that I'll add. You know, overall, I'm still paying less than I would if I subscribed to Comcast and had one of their lower tier channel groups that allowed me to watch sports. That's a very good um, analogy. I think that that really hits the nail right on the head. So cut cable, everybody. Start downloading. <laughs> hey, speaking of this, I don't want to go off too much on a tangent, but you were talking about memorabilia. Don't forget, today they announced that awesome Star Trek Enterprise cutting board on StarTrek.com. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> I, I promised my wife that I would never order that. I just <laughs> – if I get, a, I get a Starship Enterprise cutting board, I think I – the the sofa might become my home. 
Yeah, but you don't. But if somebody buys it for you, then it's okay because you do have a podcast partner, right? <laughs> I'm sure it's okay because it'll be in a drawer that never gets opened. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so one of the things that I've been thinking about with regard to this release of, of this 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 press release, I should say, is does this mean that CBS could potentially become less supportive of independent and fan-based productions now that we're going to have episodic Star Trek again? And that's a concern to me. I would – I'm on the side that I don't think they would do that. They have very strict rules for these productions that you can do them as long as you don't make money off of it. If that can, if that continues, I don't see why they would all of a sudden say, no, you can't do that just because we have episodes on the air. Especially I'm, after we get an idea of what universe, what the characters, what the time frame is, it might – put more of a an umbrella over over their idea of 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 being less support. I just don't see that happening, man. I, I hope not. I, I hope not too. You know, there's the potential that it could water down the brand in their eyes. I don't think it will. I wanna go on the record and say that before I start to get emails. But will CBS think the same thing, even though those productions don't make any money, as you pointed out? You know, will they look at them as taking viewership away and subscriptions away based on these Kickstarters and Indiegogos um, from these productions? And that's that's what I worry about. Yeah, I, I I certainly see your point. I just don't think it's 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 I mean, look at all the stuff out there right now. And people are are just clamoring for more all the time. Right. Now we're getting more, so I'm hoping that CBS and their eyes won't say, okay, now that we've got something official, you can't do this anymore. I can't see them doing that because I think that would cause more hatred than the than just announcing that there's a new show coming on. Yeah. And Sarcasm. <laughs> I figured it was. Um, I, I think that <laughs> the things that are obvious with regard to fan productions and this announcement are this. Uh, Renegades is not going to be your new series. Nope. Because they were in the middle of a fundraiser. Yep. Uh, Axanar is not going to be your series because they are producing their own thing and doing rather well. Continues is not going to be the series because that's not the model. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, Captain Worf is probably not going to be the series or else that would have been the announcement. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I've seen a lot of people asking if any of these fan productions or the idea of Captain Worf is going to be it. I don't see any of those. Definitely not the fan productions um, and not Captain Worf. I just – I. the only thing that makes me stop and say, well, maybe with Captain Worf is because you remember Vegas and right after Vegas, there was a lot of news about that. Michael Dorn was making uh, – was making uh, – doing interviews, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I, That's because there know. was a targeted campaign by a website called thecinemasource.com to try to make this happen. And they did a, a fundraising drive to send all kinds ah. of mini muffins to CBS executives okay. to get this noticed. Gotcha. So that's why that went on. They had released okay. a series of videos like over the late spring talking about uh, Michael's idea for Captain Wharf and interviewing various people. But – I am willing to bet that it is not Captain Worf. Okay. I, uh, the idea is kind of interesting. I hope it's not. Um, I think that they would be um, pigeonholing themselves if they did something like that. I, I have 
no interest in Captain Worf whatsoever, and that's got yeah. nothing, you know, nothing against Michael, nothing against no uh, the CinemaSource.com or or anybody else. But I want Star Trek to move forward, and I want to see a crew that I've never seen before, and I want to get to mm-hmm. know them, and I want to see how they adapt to their mission and the, the the struggles and the challenges they face, and you know the the things they have to do in the course of um, serving Starfleet and the Federation. That's that's right. what I want. I agree. I th- I think it'll be great uh, once we have more details. Let me repeat that, everybody. I think it'll be great once we have those details. I'm really not sure what you're trying to say, <laughs> other than it could be Star Trek progeny. <laughs> there you go, Gates McFadden. There you go. Now, if she's if she's Crusher in that, I, 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 that. I can't even say anything. <laughs> it would make sense time wise, though, if you think about it. Timeline wise, it could be. I'll have to figure. I'll have to. I'll have to see if they've announced what she's going to do on the show. Uh, we'll check into that and we'll let everybody know. All right. Um, I I look forward to a time just over four hundred days from now when we can all be excited for the premiere of a new Star Trek series. Um, on CBS you know, television, no less. That's never happened before. You know what I'm looking forward to more than that, actually? What's that? Is in 200 plus days when we're all in Vegas to talk about it with everybody. That's going to be interesting because by then we're going to have a lot more detail about it and we may have cast information. Can you imagine if at the 50th anniversary they actually have some of the cast members for this new show there? What would that be like, man? I think that the 50th anniversary convention just became even more important than it was before. Because I have a feeling that if they are going to debut anything for the fans, it's going to be there. Because it is the event of the season. Oh, it's booked now. (laughs) Uh, We are booked. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, will you let me know when you get your hotel squared away? Because mine's all set. Wow. Oh, hey now. Thank you. Hey now. So, <laughs> so Dan, let's recap briefly. A new Star Trek series, January 2017, which could also be written as 1701. Uh, oh, very nice. Larry Nemechek pointed that out yesterday that on Facebook. Larry is a genius. He really is. Huh. Um, the premiere or some portion of the premiere will be on CBS television. And then all episodes, first run, will move to CBS All Access On Demand. Their subscription-based video on-demand service for $5.99 a month in the United States. And fans outside the United States will still be able to see the series. Those details have yet to be announced. I don't want to trumpet our own horn a little too much. But way back on an early episode of this podcast, we talked about the prospect of a new Star Trek series someday. And we both said that it would almost certainly be online. Yes, we did. Certainly that was, and I will give you the credit, man. You're the one who actually brought that up. And I totally agree with you. Once you talked to me about that, I hadn't really given it a lot of thought until you brought that up. And it totally made sense back then based on what we were seeing with what shows and what networks were doing. And I think that is the way of the future. I I don't think cable and stuff like that is going to be around uh, in another decade or or two. To be honest with you, you know a lot and, of uh, a lot of people are upset because CBS is using this to launch their own website, and some people online are saying, "Well, this is just corporate greed," and 
you know, CBS is trying to fleece the fans and why can't it be on Netflix? And, you know, back, I want to say it's like episode two or three. I think it was the state of Star Trek, whatever episode we did that. Mm -hmm. And we have so many episodes now that I don't remember which one it was. (laughs) 38. (laughs) That I said back then, CBS is not about to split revenue with an online streaming partner when they have their own content delivery system. They're not going to give a show to Netflix and split that money with Netflix when they can keep it all for themselves. And that's exactly why this is going to CBS All Access. That's not corporate greed. That's Every corporation is in business to make money. Exactly. That's what it's all about. That's That's not corporate greed. That is a smart business model for a company. Charging us fifteen ninety nine would be corporate greed. Exactly, or seven ninety nine. You know, six ninety nine, five ninety nine is the limit, man. After that, <laughs> it's a, so it's in line with the market. It is. So let me ask you this: You just went over everything about what we know. We don't know who the cast is going to be, right? Right. We don't know what timeline it's going to be in. Right. We don't know what star date it's going to be. We right. don't know what ship it's going to be. We don't know any of this stuff. Am I right in, in, in guessing that? Because I don't think that everybody understands that. Can you just confirm that? You are 100% correct. The Thank only you. thing we know is that there's going to be a series in January 2017. And we cannot wait, man. Cannot wait. going to be awesome. As there is news to talk about, we absolutely will bring it to you on the podcast and on our Facebook page, um, as well as Twitter and I'm sure every place where we have a presence. Uh, we could not be more excited for the return of Star Trek. We absolutely are, you know, going to watch uh, every episode. We will talk about every episode on this very podcast in mm-hmm. one form or another. We don't quite yet know how that's going to take shape, but we got a year plus to figure that out, don't we, Davidson? We do. We do, Smith. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Dan, um, we have some listener feedback to go through at this point. Yes. It's um, always good to get listener feedback. It is. We got a couple of voicemails, and I'm going to start to play the first one, which is from our good friend, Crazy Joe. Hi, this is uh, Crazy Joe, and I've just listened to your show on the finale. And I wanted to say I really agree with you on Voyager's Endgame. I think it's a terrible episode. I think it's a terrible finale. And (laughs) it is part of the reason I have an extreme hatred for the character of Janeway. Uh, It's not the only reason, but I always felt that as Star Trek's first woman captain, the character of Janeway was a very, very poor role model for young girls. Now, I have two daughters. And I hope to God they never emulate Janeway, because I find her to be such a bad role model. And Endgame is one of the reasons why. Now, the worst episode for Janeway ever is Night, the fifth season premiere in which Janeway, who's supposed to be the leader of the crew and set the example, uh, locks herself in her room and cries about all the mistakes she's made. Yeah, that's a real awe-inspiring leader right there. But in Endgame, they show her to be a miserable old failure who couldn't get her crew back in a timely manner and experienced several crew member deaths. And then once again, 
went and cried about it and became whiny and, oh, God, look how terrible of a captain I was, and then intervened using time travel to change the past. Uh, so our, our final legacy of the character, how we leave her, is a bitter old failure who has to go back and change time because she couldn't do it right the first time. Yeah, there's an on-firing role model for young girls, right? kind of makes me sick as the father of two daughters that there's no strong female captain in Star Trek that I can point to and show them because it certainly ain't Janeway. Uh, I always thought Voyager would have been better during the reef to the captain. Now granted, it's not a Starfleet character, Starfleet captain or a Starfleet officer at all, but they could have written around that. You know, she was Bajoran. A lot of Maquis were Bajoran. They could have said, oh, hey, this guy the Maquis were sending you after, you knew him in the resistance, so we're going to give you temporary command of Voyager, and then they get lost. So, I don't know, it could have been done. And she's a much stronger and better written character. It would have worked so much better. But, but yeah, I don't like Janeway at all, and uh, Endgame is one of the main reasons I don't like her. Um, so, I'm with you 100%. Talk to you later. It's really a shame that Crazy Joe has no strong feelings on the matter, isn't it, Dan? He loves her. He <laughs> loves her. <laughs> wow. Pe- Pe- now, I will say, this is the first time that you shared this voicemail with me also, so I was getting it for the first time. That was awesome. Pe- people <laughs> think I hate Voyager. <laughs> I was muted out for that, and I'm just like, wow. What? <laughs> that was great. Now, but question. Since they, since since Cranky Janeway changed the past, Cranky Janeway never existed. So what's the problem? <laughs> Hook Crazy Joe and Catherine up, baby. <laughs> we um we should point out at this juncture that the views of people who leave voicemail are not necessarily those of the Trek Geeks podcast, its producers or sponsors. <laughs> that said, taking care of that legalese. <laughs> that said. We do appreciate the t- the fact that Crazy Joe took a time to call in and leave us his thoughts. He himself is the co-host of the Megapodzilla podcast, which you may want to check out. And we offer Crazy Joe and his family congratulations for the recent addition to their clan. So happy times in the Crazy Joe household for sure. I want to say one thing about Crazy Joe and to Crazy Joe based on his voicemail and what we've been talking about all night. That's the passion that I like to hear. You can have passion about how much you hate something when you haven't heard anything about it, or you can have the passion that he shows in that voicemail, and I give him props for doing that. He can he can take a subject that some people might find problematic, but at least he has legitimate reasons for having that opinion, where others this week have not. Dan, that is a great point. And with that, we will move on to our second voicemail from Roger, who happens to be in a destination not too far from either of us. Hi, this is a message for TrekGeeks.com. My name is Roger. I'm calling from Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. I'm a fairly new listener. I just want to, I, you know, I, you guys are great. I really love listening to you. You're awesome. I love your rapport. That's what everybody says. But I'm, I just want to reiterate that. Um, loved listening to your Divided We Stand. And I just wanted to make a comment about the fact that those little things look like Borg nanoprobes. Um, 
I have a different interpretation than you guys did, and that was this. I think it was very intentional on their part, meaning the makers, uh, um, the continuous cast, like Borg nanoprobes, uh, very intentional because my takeaway was that this, that was probably perhaps the first encounter with quote unquote the Borg uh, meaning before they became the Borg. How did the Borg come into being? Do we really know? No, we don't. Maybe these nanoprobes escaped from someone's laboratory somewhere and roamed across the galaxy and then infected some um, artificial, some guys who had a cybernetic arm, right? And then became a, a, a possessed and then that possessed another person and then another person and another person and then eventually became the Borg. Anyway, that was my takeaway and I just wanted to share that plus you guys i really love your show um in fact i kind of like your show more than mission log uh now because you're so much more fun um that's the best i can say you're great um i'm gonna say coconut even though i really <laughs> haven't listened to all your podcasts yet so i'm not quite sure what that means but i love it coconut take care bye <laughs> oh, wow. Well, first I want to say JP in the house, Jamaica Plain, represent yo. <laughs> that was great. That was. Roger, thank you so much for calling and leaving a message. We're very excited that you're listening. And uh, by the way, Champion, did you hear that? Huh? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> that was good, man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You call us, mister. That's right. <laughs> um, well, Dan, we have it on some pretty good authority that. Uh, Roger's theory may not be far off. No, uh, we do. I, I don't know if we want to get into detail about that, but we have gotten some communication about um, about those nanoprobes. And uh, I like Roger's idea, and I like his take on it. And that's something that's that has never really been written about or shown. Um, I take that back. Uh, David Mack did do his his take on how the Borg were created, but I think that'd be a great storyline in itself. That's what the new show is going to be, man. Star Trek Borg. You heard it here <laughs> first. That's it. And I'm fairly certain that's the only place you'll hear it. <laughs> that robot, it's his arm, man. His arm. He saved Kirk, but then he created the Borg race. It's his fault. Well, Roger, we agree with you. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's, it's fairly clear that uh, the Borg are intended to be referenced, even if it's not overt. So good for you, man. Good eye. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. And uh, if you want to know the origin of Coconut, we can tell you that it's on the STLV for Noobs episode <laughs> in the outtake. So uh, for those who may not know, after every episode, Dan and I always have an outtake that occurred from before we started actually recording the episode. And this is a little bit of inside baseball, but it's always unwritten. It's always unrehearsed. It's always yep. our natural conversation. And that one particular day is probably the single funniest outtake <laughs> we have ever had. And if you haven't heard it, you really should go back and listen to the outtake for that episode because it's hilarious. We have actually had people, more than, more than Rogers, we've had several people ask, what is that all about? So now you know where to go. Check it out. Um, so ridiculous. It's, it's, it's an episode that started with a discussion on coffee. It was the first time mm -hmm. we were recording on a Sunday morning. Right. And it's just the the way it, it turned out. And 
uh, Dan added some some music and some vocals, <laughs> and before you knew it, he was singing. But it's episode fifteen. Thank you. So I was if ask you want to, you want to check it out. You can go to trekgeeks.com slash podcast and uh, and listen to the episode there, or you can you know grab it in iTunes or off your RSS feed. So, uh, Dan, we also had a listener question, didn't we? We did. Uh, let me pull that up right here. We had uh, one of our most loyal listeners, actually, Leah. She actually sent me an email, and she was asking if I knew who is responsible for naming the various quadrants in the galaxy, in the Star Trek universe. We know we're in the Alpha Quadrant. Uh, you have the Gamma Quadrant with Deep Space Nine and the Delta Quadrant and Voyager. Um, I recall the founders actually speaking a lot about the about the quadrants. They wanted to conquer the Alpha Quadrant. So the question was, was that a Federation term? Is that something that um, we named and other areas of the galaxy picked up on? And she wanted to know specifically where in Star Trek canon named these quadrants. So I've been doing some checking, and I can't find a definitive uh, reference to who created it, um, who said this is what it is? I did find that the first time you actually ever heard definitively the names of the different quadrants was in Star Trek The Next Generation's episode, The Price. Um, but I, there's no, there's no Star Trek canon history of this astronomer named the quadrant. So if you know Bill, you would be smarter than I am. So I'm going to say you don't know. Uh, that's, that's 100% true. <laughs> Thank you, Leah, for the question. That was a good question. That would have been a great Trek Geeks question because I wouldn't have gotten it right, but now it can never be used, Bill. So wipe it from the slate, please. Uh, no, that actually could be a Stump the Geek question because uh, that's the name <laughs> of the game. Um, and, and stumping you is usually what we do. So, um, okay. Dan, um, other folks may want to be as resourceful as Crazy Joe and Roger and Leah and send us some feedback. How might they be able to do that? There is a whole bunch of ways to do that, Bill. Um, on Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, our handle is TrekGeeks. Uh, you can send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com, or you can do what Crazy Joe and Roger did and just give us a phone call at uh, 508-784-1701. I don't know if that's correct grammar. Give us a phone call. I don't know. What do you think? Just read the copy. Okay, thank you. Individually, uh, you can send uh, Bill a tweet. His uh, individual handle is at TrekGeekBill. And if you want to send me a message, my handle is at DCDDS9. Also, you can join us on our official Facebook group for Trek Geeks, which is called Camp Kittimer. Uh, you're welcome to share things you love about Trek, engage in conversation, make some new friends, etc., etc. Uh, just go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer, and we will let you write in and also tell all your friends and family about it, too, so they can come over as well. Um, just remember that any comments or messages you leave us uh, may be used in future episodes, as we found out today. also want to remind everyone that all of our podcasts are available on iTunes, and we would love it if you would subscribe to the podcasts. And while you're on iTunes, please feel free to give us a review, whether it's good or bad. We don't care. We just want to have a review there. We'd love to hear what you think of the show and also tell everyone else about the show. Right, Bill? Absolutely, Dan. And reviews just help make us better. You know, we generally take all the feedback very seriously and we want to put out a show that people want to listen to. So 
Um, we thank you in advance for all of your feedback and all of your reviews and, and hope that you'll continue to listen. We also have to take some time to thank our friends in the band Five Year Mission. Without them, we wouldn't have the incredible music we have for this show, and they allow us to use it every single episode. They are every piece of music you hear on this show, so we would implore you to go to fiveyearmission.net, download a copy of their latest album, Spock's Brain, which is 12, 12 songs? 12 is, ten, I ten, believe, the correct number. 10. ten uh, okay. 11 songs, if you count the, uh, ah. the bonus track, all based on ah. that one episode. So you can get all of their CDs, whether it's year one, year two, year three, Trouble with Tribbles, or Spock's Brain, online at their website at fiveyearmission.net. And we truly and genuinely thank them um, for allowing us to use their music. So for now, that is episode 38 of Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast. And uh, Dan, we're getting new Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Until then, we hope everybody, we hope you live long and prosper. I have an announcement. I am changing the coconut phrase. In January of 2017, I'm not going to say the flavor. I'm not going to say the brand. And I'm not going to say what coffee mug I'm going to use. I'm just going to change it. So you can let the hate begin now because that's what everybody seems to be doing right now. Coconut. Okay. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm great, Dad. How are you? I'm going to be talking like this all night. Just wanted to let you know, prepare yourself to be sickened. (laughs) I think that happens just about every time we talk. I think. Wow. What did she say? I was going to say, I think Sue already is, but you just pretty much just popped my bubble. So I'll just talk like this then. Thank you to you too, honey. Yeah. <laughs> she's letting me record up here tonight, so oh, I have to be nice. That's nice of her. It is nice of her, because she's a nice girl. She's, that's why uh, I married her. She's incredibly right, gracious. You're gracious and lovely, and we love you. And you're going to be in the outtake. Ha! <laughs> so we're back to you thinking you get to say what's in the outtake. No, no, I'm just saying that in case you use it. Right. I'm not saying you have to use you it. You didn't tell her she might be. You said you're going to be in the outtake. That's because she does whatever I tell her. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> I'm a lying piece of meat. Oh, oh well. Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, did you hear the news? What's that? There's a new Star Trek series, I think. Did you also hear that people on the internet are dicks? <laughs> 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 I, uh, whatever do you mean uh, unbelievable do you want to move the listener question to the end we can I, I we don't the, even have to do that I just threw it in there I have the voicemails queued up okay I'm going to move it oh bang <laughs>
You move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Move it. <laughs> Thank you. I was waiting for you to do that. I was, and you didn't. You left me hanging. Uh, I, you, you didn't say the right thing, so I didn't continue. Sorry, I'm not. I don't know. Okay. What are you drinking? Yeah, uh, just margarita. We're not doing a morning podcast for a change, so when I have the margarita tonight, it's better than when I usually have it in the morning when we podcast. What are you talking about? It's eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 